This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. There are some things that Satan wants to use to distract us from our fellowship with the Lord in those sweet hours of prayer. We're going to look at one of those things this morning. God has burdened my heart as we finish up this 50th year as a church. And I hope we don't finish it. I hope that there's a trumpet sound and we're all caught away. We can finish our celebrating up there. Amen. But God has burdened my heart. We've just finished the book of Job. To look at some things that are a burden on my heart, things that the Holy Spirit has reminded me about, that I think we need to consider together as the family of God here at Good News. We were reminded at AFBM Family Week last week about the importance of our vision. It was so helpful. I I don't think I've enjoyed a family week more than I enjoyed last week. But God spoke to my heart and reminded me that it's it's important. God's been working on my heart related to this anyway, but reminding me again that it's important that as a church we have God's vision for our church. That's how we move forward. But in order to have God's vision, you have to have a clean heart. I have to have a clean heart. If it's not clean, you know that the light is dimmed and we don't, we don't see things clearly. Uh, that's clearly evidenced in Scripture. How many Bible characters in Scripture started out well? They saw clearly. And then they started to allow things into their lives, and by the end of their life, what happened? Well, what happened is what happened right here. And so we want to address some of those things and then by God's grace use these Sunday mornings to renew our vision for the future as the Lord tarries, what does he have for Good News Baptist Church? The subject I want to look at this morning, God's placed on my heart and I got to speak to the missionaries this past week on this as well, is the matter of social media. On its face, social media should be something we're concerned about. I mean, without even going into the Word of God, but we need to go to the Word of God. Don't misunderstand. But just on its face, what do you think about a social media platform called Snapchat where what you do can be quickly removed? Why would you want it to be removed? Or what about platforms where if you hold conservative views or dare to believe and and proclaim the word of God, they can block you or ban you from that platform? What does that tell you? You can state any other crazy stuff, but if you state what is correct from God's word, somehow that's a threat. I shared with our missionaries uh, not too many weeks ago, I preached on a Sunday morning here, and uh, the live stream team came to me and said that we were blocked from one of those platforms. 
Now, it wasn't because of what I preached uh, that morning, but it's because I preach God's word. So anything international, anything outside of these United States, blocked. And I know I was in good company when that happened. When some platforms ban what is true, when they try to hide what is real, that should be a concern to God's people, right? But for some Christians, instead of these things being obvious, some believers are oblivious. Now, this message is not about the do's and don'ts. If you want advice on how a platform works, don't come and see me, okay? I'm not going to be much help. A tweet is what birds do, okay? Um, And I could go on and on, but... But I want to be practical this morning, but also appeal to your knowledge of God and his word. I want to take the three words, social media presence, and just let God's word speak to those things. Let the scripture relate to you and me. My burden in today's message is about a God-honoring social media presence. A God-honoring presence. Obviously, this applies to teens. I know I've got your attention this morning. Uh, Those of you that are young adults, this is the world you live in. Um, And I'm going to ask you older saints to just stay with me, okay? Uh, But even you are impacted by this. All right, I I see some of you on Facebook uh, as well. And so, a God-honoring social media presence. I'm going to ask you this morning to just let the Spirit of God say to you whatever you need to hear, and would you say back to God, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. All right, so let's start out with that word presence. Your presence is... Anywhere on the earth, physically or electronically, begs answers to some important questions. The first question is, who do you represent? You're in Colossians chapter 1. Your presence about you, or is your presence about you, or do you represent someone else? Did God leave you here to represent you? Or did he leave you here after he saved you to represent someone else? Well, the scripture tells us that. 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Now, why is God worthy of your glory? And Colossians 1 answers that question. Colossians 1, notice verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us me to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. 
For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him. And say the next three words with me. And for him. And he is before all things. He's always been. And by him all things consist or all things have their being. The reality is, as a living human being speaking to those who are still living human beings, do you know that your existence has nothing to do with you? It's God keeping you going. Your next breath, that's not you. Your heart beating, that's not you. Now, obviously, we can do things to try to strengthen and lengthen our lives, right? But I I won't stop today and try to convince my heart to keep going. Please, please, no, no. That's God. That's God. All right, so what does Colossians 1 teach us about who you represent? First, you represent your creator. Notice again verse 16. By him were all things created, things that are visible. God created you. Roman, uh, Revelation 4.11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. God reminded the Jews through Isaiah, Isaiah 44.21, For thou art my servant, I have formed thee. Thou art my servant, O Israel. God repeats it. You're my servant. Thou shalt not be forgotten of or by me. God created us, and he didn't just spin us off into space to do what we want. He says, I'm not going to forget you. I'm going to sustain you. I'm watching. I am working to do what is best for you for my glory. Again, Job showed us that. So who do you represent? Your creator. You also represent your Redeemer. Look back at verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. By the way, if he's delivered us from darkness, don't go back and play in the darkness. And he's translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son in whom we have redemption. So he's our redeemer. Again, 1 Corinthians 6.20, For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, your mental, emotional makeup, the choices that you make. Glorify God in your spirit, which are God's. Your feelings, your thinking, that's God's. To do in those areas what only pleases him. 1 Corinthians 7.23, ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Now we're going to say more later, but you know what social media, a lot of it is? What others think of me. Do you know what you're doing when you focus on what others think of you? You're serving men. 
Not only is he your creator, your redeemer, but he is also your sustainer. Verse 17 again. He is above all things, and by him all things consist. Acts 17, 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. He is the one with whom we have to do. You don't get to decide. Am I going to have God be part of my life or not? You don't get to decide that. He is your sustainer. Without him, you stop. So our presence here below should be in every way that which glorifies the one who created our life, redeemed our life from destruction through Jesus Christ, and who continues to sustain our being. Every day when I climb out of bed, I represent him. Start to finish. And oh, by the way, while I'm in bed too, I represent the Lord. Yet there's something about social media that deceives a person into saying and doing on a device what they would never do with others in public. In fact, it's one of the things about social media that puzzles me. People say things and do things to be seen of others while they think others don't see. But even if those you don't want to see don't see, God sees. He sees it all. And by the way, today there's a blank page in a book in heaven and Mike Asher's filling out that page. God sees. Many Christians do the same and give no consideration to Hebrews 4.13. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him. And again, with whom we have to do. He sees. Now, for those that are walking with the Lord, that's not a threat. I want him to see. If it's a threat that God sees you, that's a problem. Let him change you. He wants to be glorified and pleased and joyful through you as he also gives you his peace. Now, along with the question, who do you represent, there's a second question that must be answered as a Christian. Here it is. Who are you as a representative? Who are you as a representative? Now, I am in a very distinguished group this morning according to the word of God. That's right. This is a gathering, according to scripture, of royalty. And by the way, this is a meeting this morning of ambassadors. I didn't say that. God said that. So who are you as a representative? Your presence in this world physically, electronically, is actually a clear calling of your God. Now, as a representative, first, you are a king and priest with God. Revelation 1.6. And he hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Do you realize this morning you have holy rank as a child of God that allows you to serve in his holy presence and someday reign with him forever? 
Christ living in you changed you, made you something when all of us were nothing. And by the way, without Christ, I'm still nothing. But his living here, his calling on this vessel changed everything. Remember back in Old Testament days, the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies once a year and he better be right. History tells us that they would actually tie a rope to his ankle. Of course, we know from Scripture he had bells around the base of his garment, and he, you could hear him moving in there. But after time elapsed and there was no movement, that rope was for dragging him out because he was dead. Do you know when you trusted Christ, God cleansed your heart, washed you clean through the blood of Christ. He made you a kingly priest. You can go into uh, his presence before his throne any time to find grace to help in time of need. That's what God did in you. That's what he did in me. He is who I represent now as a king and a priest. How you represent yourself on social media should reflect you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. If somebody's never heard of Mike Asher and they get out of on Facebook, what they ought to see ought to that quickly helped them understand he's a Christian. He's a child of God. He's not hiding it, and there's nothing there to make me wonder. Did you know that on March 4th, 2019, Buckingham Palace issued social media community guidelines? If you were going to speak to royalty on social media, you had to follow these guidelines. Now, here are a few of those guidelines. Quote, we ask that anyone engaging in our social media channels, channels show courtesy, kindness, and respect for all other members of our society media communities. Comments must not be deflammatory of any person, deceive others, be obscene, offensive, threatening, abusive, hateful, inflammatory or promote sexually explicit material or violence, end quote. So if you're going to communicate with royalty, you be careful. Now, I don't think I'll ever meet a British royal. Frankly, don't care if I ever do. But I will stand before the king of kings, and he will say, look, as royalty, there was a certain way you were supposed to communicate. Listen to what he has already said to us, Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Now, that's the word for disgusting, rotting. Uh, when I teach on communication, I will remind folks this is the Greek word for roadkill. No, I made that up. All right. But, but it's the same idea. It's disgusting. Ah, stinks. 
don't let that kind of communication proceed out of your mouth. Or we could say this, out of your fingertips. So he defines, though, what is not corrupt communication. He goes on to say, but that which is good to the use of edifying. In other words, if it doesn't build somebody else up, it's rotten. If it doesn't strengthen them, if it doesn't help them, it's rotten. Now, by the way, there are some times that what you have to say, they may think is rotten, that hurts, that's none of your business. No, wait a minute. God says that there are times that I come to a brother or sister in Christ, not on social media, but I may have to encourage them with what is right to help them as kings and priests with God. I don't text them. I don't confront them out there where everybody can see it and then take their side because they don't agree, like that matters, okay? But I, I've done this. I'll pick up the phone and saw, hey, I, and say, I, I saw what you had on, on this platform. Can I, I love you. Can I just encourage you? Can we talk about what God thinks about that? Do you think that that pleased the Lord? Well, I, okay. But you don't represent you. You represent Jesus. Okay. And I'm not standing in judgment. I'm just trying to help you be a better king and priest with God. But again, I, I, I don't put it in a letter. I don't hide behind a text. I call them Galatians 6 1, Matthew 18. That's what we're supposed to do. Back in Ephesians 5, verses 3 and 4, but fornication, all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be named, uh, once named among you as become a saints. You're a saint. Be a saint. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient. By the way, that word, not convenient, you know what that means? It's not fitting for who you are, but rather giving of thanks. I don't know how many times my dad said to me, I'd be leaving, we'd be going somewhere. Boy, remember what your last name is. Well, thanks, Dad. I, I might forget. No, that's not what he was saying. Remember who you represent? We need to remember when we get on any platform, who do we represent? Also, what was required in the Old Testament when the priests went into the Holy of Holies, he had to be clean, he had to be right. Our sins have been washed away, but again, we must enter into his presence with clean hearts. Yet social media can easily and sometimes unsuspectedly make God's royals unfit for worship and fellowship. Many of you are familiar with author Paul Tripp. In an article that he wrote on social media, he said this, quote, There was a time when you would have to leave your house and go somewhere to expose your heart to the darkest parts of the moral world. But that's not true anymore. They are right there in front of you. You can view horrible things on Instagram. You can read terrible things and expose yourself to terrible things on Twitter. 
Not everything on Facebook is worth you spending your time there. There's a lot of temptation to start one place and to end up in a place where you would be embarrassed if others knew this is where you were spending your time, end quote. Is this true, folks? Just a tap, and it can lead you down pathways where you should never be. Now, those who will reign with God should never expose themselves to that which will cause sin to reign in our mortal bodies. People don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to fail morally. I'm going to, I'm going to do something foolish. You know what? They keep putting thoughts in their mind. It wears down their resistance, and they're trapped. Now, not only are you kings and priests with God, but... You are ambassadors of Christ. We would think it would be something if someone would ask us to have an ambassadorship for the United States of America. What an honor. Do you know that you have been given an ambassadorship by the King of Kings to represent him here? That honor is far beyond any position that a man could give you here. 2 Corinthians 5.20 Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ. As though God did beseech you by or through us, we pray you as representatives, that's the idea here, in Christ's stead, in his place, be ye reconciled to God. So our message is, turn from the wicked ways of your country, which will be judged by God, and turn to our king in faith, who loved you, gave himself for you, and be reconciled to him. He wants to save you. What a glorious message. Our presence on social media as ambassadors of Christ declares the gospel for reconciliation, which of necessity exposes sin. What an opportunity we have with social media to just get the gospel out there, spread the seed of the gospel. Many profiles of professing Christians leave you wondering, though, what kingdom they really belong to. Well, I suppose I should say I'm a Christian, and I suppose I should say that I like music that honors the Lord, but but what? You're an ambassador. That's who you are. Social media can be a great place to evangelize. Again, Paul Tripp, let me quote him. Here's what he thought when he realized the powerful force that social media was going to be. He said this, what a powerful tool for the gospel. I decided I would tweet the gospel three times every morning, and that began to just build and build and build. And I can honestly say that my entire ministry, the scope of my influence has been changed by those social media platforms. We only ever project gospel messages, gospel messages that attach the truths of the gospel to the things of every day. It's been a tool for enormous good. And in that way, I think we ought to plunder the Egyptians, using a biblical reference, Take what the world has created and use it for the kingdom of God. I think there are powerful ways we can do that. 
And I want to commend some in this assembly. You do that regularly. I love to read your posts. I thank God for our pastor emeritus. Pastor Coles does this every day with a devotional that he puts out there. That's what the world needs to see. Tripp went on to say that there are some days where by noon he has had as many as 40,000 people who have read his gospel tweets. You say, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a missionary. I, I can't. Well, well, wait a minute. You don't know who out there might read what you put down. Here, here's what God taught me this morning. Or here's something about the gospel I want all my friends to see. What was Paul Tripp doing? Well, he was using social media to be an ambassador of, of Christ and to reconcile souls to our Lord. So God-honoring social media presence requires that we remember, and I'm going to speak broadly here, we remember that we're sons and daughters. Remember who you represent. We are soldiers who advance the kingdom. By the way, that means that we have to be careful that we're not playing with the enemy. And we're servants who please the king not promote ourselves. What does John 3.30 tell us? He must increase, I must. I've got to decrease. I must decrease. Now, listen, and I'm not trying to be unkind, but if you think everyone needs to know how you make mac and cheese, And how your three-year-old is doing with temper tantrums today. I'm not, I'm not trying to be unkind, but that's life. Okay? He must increase, I must. I must decrease. Exalt him. It, it's different when you say, let me tell you what God did today. I had this happen. I had this happen. Look what God did. Ah, uh, that pleases Yet writer Laura Hayes asks an important question. Quote, is social media becoming an outlet for narcissistic individuals to self-promote? Or is social media actually turning us into narcissists? What a question. She explains this. It doesn't come as a surprise that platforms created for sharing your content and connecting with people put a focus on the self, which can eventually transform into self-absorption and self-admiration. But this phenomenon goes way beyond people taking too many selfies and treating each life event and situation as a major self-promotion opportunity. This is why people desperately put like for like and follow for follow hashtags below their Instagram photos. The need for validation is so ingrained that it has generated an entire exchange economy where people sell themselves out to other users, offering to reciprocate insincere engagement for more insincere engagement 
And the saddest part of that is feeling of low self-esteem worth if someone doesn't uh, respond to my ego-affirming notification. Every like or retreat gives the brain a small rush of dopamine, which some sources say is comparable to the dopamine released uh, release that comes from taking a small bit of cocaine. Furthermore, social media platforms encourage self-promotion as users generate all of the content. We're ambassadors of Christ. So as we think about our social media activity, I believe God would have us examine whether our presence there is God-honoring or self-promoting. If it's self-promoting, it's a contradiction to why God left you to be a presence on earth for him. Now, we are to rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with them that weep. Just because somebody says, pray for me, that's, that's not them asserting themselves. They're asking for help. That's different. And we should, we should respond that way. We, we should rejoice. You know, if, if a couple is celebrating an anniversary and there are pictures of that, congratulations. God bless you. Thank you for your testimony. You and I ought to rejoice in every opportunity to redirect attention right back to him. What do I have that he hasn't given me? So let's, let's you know, thank God for this new grandbaby. Where are we directing the attention? Right back to God. Now let's move on. Let's look at the word media and social media presence and our time again going away very quickly. Since we represent Christ in an electronic media age, is social media a legitimate tool? Since it's a means of mass communication and since the Lord Jesus told us to take the gospel to the othermost parts of the earth, I believe social media is legitimate. Can I say that again? I believe social media is legitimate But understand it may not be legitimate for every Christian. The same God who has taught us what he has this morning also said, lay aside every weight in the sin which easily besets you. If this controls you, set it aside. I'm not a betting man, but I can guarantee you this. If you set it aside, you'll survive. I'm tempted to say how many Christians at some point has just gotten fed up and don't raise your hands. But how many of you have set it aside? You just said, I am done with this. If Zuckerberg is no friend of God, he's no friend of mine. But sitting behind your computer or being on your phone is no substitute for being a verbal witness for Jesus Christ and sharing the gospel with him. All right, so don't let that be the substitute. Use it as well, but declare the gospel to every creature. We don't have time to do this, but just write down 1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 23. 
1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 23. In that passage, and you'll recognize it, Paul says this, I become all things to all men so that by all means God can use me to help save some. Do you know what that word by all means uh, means in verse 22? It means adaptation but without compromise. I resisted being on Facebook because technology intimidates me. I have trouble not making myself look foolish and then get out there electronically and, and boy, I, could, I could do that real quick. And so God gave me children to teach me how these things work. <laughs> Dad, just do this and just do this. And, oh, that's not so hard. Okay. But what I began to see didn't all encourage me. And yet there's a lot out there that points to Christ and is a wonderful help. You ladies will often include devotional thoughts. God showed me this in his word or in this resource this morning. And Amy Hoover, it's good. Thank you. And others, it's good. Okay? That's what Paul meant, all means. Adaptation, but you don't compromise. You don't bring your testimony, your ambassadorship into question because you found something cute and people might like it. By the way, I resisted Facebook, as I mentioned, until I realized that I was missing an opportunity to build relationships and learn people so that I could be a spiritual encouragement to them. Again, it, it, I don't know what people think hiding behind their device that if I put this out there, it's not going to reveal me. But it does. And it's an opportunity to pray for people, to encourage people, to help people be consistent. By the way, in a COVID age, oh, I, and I've shared this, and, and, and my understanding has come, in, come from Facebook. There are families who are all over the place but COVID might be a threat if I come to church. How is church any less a threat than Bush Gardens? Help me. Help me. Or that crowded restaurant you're tweeting from. Be consistent. Be an ambassador. Again, I use social media for awareness, not primarily for ministering to needs. As I've already shared, God told me how to minister to needs. I go alone. I go in person. Now, one of the serious problems with social media is this. It's moral authority. And I hope you'll make a note of this. Moral authority. What do you mean, Pastor? Today, men and women, many who are lovers of their own selves, think their opinions carry authority because they said it and someone on social media agreed with them. <gasps> they liked it. I have moral authority. You're an expert. Why? I don't want to be unkind, but fools can always find other fools to agree with. 
And I'm a fool if God doesn't agree with me and I don't agree with God. Let God be true and every man a liar. I've got to agree with him. So what's the most effective way to share the gospel on social media? Again, this isn't my forte, but I'm learning, and and so should you. Here are some simple suggestions I want to give you. Sharing Christ on media. Whatever you do, point to Jesus and declare the gospel. Don't hide behind flowery words. Quote Jesus. Number two, get help. Get help. See the Lord, seek the Lord's direction. Before you do anything, ask God to help you. And then borrow ideas and expertise. You want to be a more effective witness? Borrow ideas and expertise. Number three, understand those you are called to reach. Within this local summit, where has God called you? Who has he called you to minister to? All right, if you are called to minister to youth, You need to know more about social media than probably those who minister to our precious uh, seniors group here, okay? Though I'm not saying you seniors are electronically illiterate. I didn't say that, but some of you are anyway. All right, so, and it's okay. That will have no bearing when you stand before the throne. Just won't. And I'll keep sending you snail mail. It's okay, all right? Now, what's our final word? And our our time is up, but I need to finish. Here's our final word. It's social. It's social. By definition, social means this. Relating to society or its organization. It also means the need for companionship and to belong within a community. Now think about that. As Christians, we are an ecclesia. We are called out, a called out assembly of believers unto Christ. Called out of what? A world system that is passing away with the lust thereof that's in full color on social media. We're not told to love it or its things. If we love it, we don't have love for the Father in heaven. The world system is governed by Dr. Death, a fallen angel who was a murderer from the beginning. He blinds the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. And by the way, it's not just Satan material out there. It's just feeding you with enough things to distract you where you don't have to think about God. I believe social media has become his new workshop. And by the way, if you don't play like he plays, he'll throw you out of the workshop. Again, I agree with Paul Tripp. This tool that is enormously beneficial for good is also a powerful tool of sin and temptation. We need to be honest about that. Amen? The church is being weakened by that by the fact that we are now comfortable with exposing ourselves to things we should never have been exposed to ourselves. Are the youth in our churches too worldly wise? Some of them are. They can't tell you some of the main characters in the Bible, but they can tell you who the pop stars are. 
and who everybody else in their age group is following in media. So what's the answer? Remember, you have the social community that you need. You don't need the companionship and belonging of the world community. You have been bought with a price. You are part of the body of Christ. You have the community that you need. Now, some of you are struggling with that, which is why some Christians can't get to church because they feel like they're part of a community and their needs are met. God doesn't think so. You need to be here. Don't forsake the assembling together. And live stream doesn't count unless medically you can't be here. You have a community. You have a responsibility to be part of that community and don't let any other community be the substitute for that. So use social media to influence others with the light of God's word But if you find it influencing you, controlling you, by the way, controlling your time. I could preach another whole message on that. What about your time? Well, I don't have time for church. Yeah, but I wonder how many hours did you log on your your social media sites this week? If it's controlling you, influencing you, corrupting you, again, please, for Jesus' sake, lay it aside along with everything else that causes you not to run the race for him. Paul told the Romans, Romans 16, 19, I would have you, un, un, have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. So let's close. What is your presence on electronic media that is social? What is it? Do they see an ambassador of Christ who only engages in fun time that pleases the Lord? Who is always dressed modestly, drawing attention to him. Not the body, but him. And by the way, there's nothing where I love humor. Do you know humor can honor the Lord? But humor can also send the mind in a different direction. That's not being a good ambassador. Everything about your profile, who you promote, what you promote, every word you speak should declare you are a child of God looking past the temporal to the things that are what? Eternal. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this precious church. Thank you for the ambassadors of Christ, the royalty royal priesthood that you have assembled here. But Father, we're here to go into the world, rescue them, bring them to the gospel and to the light, not participate with them in the darkness. And so Lord, thank you for what you've taught us this morning about social media in light of the scripture who we represent, who we are as a representative. Now, Lord, help us now as we do business with you. In Jesus' name, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I am confident that the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart as the Lord spoke to my heart as I was preparing this message. I had to step back and take an honest look 
what do I say? How do I, how do I represent myself? Because I don't represent myself. So in the quiet of these moments, if the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart, would you talk to the Lord about that? And be specific. Lord, there are some posts I need to go back and take down. There are some folks that I've seen, some brothers and sisters in Christ who are doing things. You've convicted my heart. I need to come alongside and help them. Not necessarily on that platform. But I need, to, I need to come alongside and help them because I, they must be struggling or they're not thinking clearly in an area. You say, well, well, pastor, it's not my business. That's not what your New Testament says. They don't have to agree with you on everything, but if they're overtaken in a fault, you have a responsibility and so do I. Well, I'll run to the pastor and ask him to do it. No, no, you do it. Would you say to God, Lord, I'll do it? Maybe you've weakened your testimony for Christ and you need to get back on there, run your flag up the pole and declare to the world, I am an ambassador of Christ. Would you do that for your Lord? Maybe enough damage has been done and you're in the controls, the clutches of that, and the Lord is saying to you today, just set it aside. Just set it aside. Speak to the Lord right now. Now, Father, this is a personal area. But it's a public area. Thank you that you see. Thank you that you know. Lord, help us to be right with you. Help us to be fit for the Master's use. And Lord, in closing, I would just ask that you'd help every parent here to be wise. They need to know where their teens are on any of this stuff and what they're doing. Lord, you know how it's destroyed lives, it's destroyed marriages. Father, it's destroying testimonies. Even though it can be used as a powerful tool for the gospel. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to be your representatives here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.